Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Western Hunting Podcast. In this episode, I am sharing what I've learned in the process of gaining some permission on private land. Again, thanks for listening, and I think this is a... Uh, undervalued topic and a lot of people put a lot of focus on public land so here's something i wanted to share and what i'm learning in a process myself of trying to gain some access an area where i've been wanting to spend a little time hunting but uh, now it's relevant and i want to get after it in that area so uh, thanks again for listening here we go There's currently this fad going on of being a public land hunter, and it's very extensive. Obviously, in the West, that's what brought on this prevalence of the public land hunting. Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, all are loaded with public land. Nevada is primarily public land. It's easier, honestly, and uh, it's easier to hunt public land anywhere, but uh, it's the best option for, for a lot of those states. And uh, um, finding the public private land in those areas might just be those large ranches, the family ranches, the places where there's paid for hunt, pay to hunt kind of places. And that trend of that public land hunter has pushed into some of those areas where public land is not prevalent. So that has created this this kind of uh, uh, excitement to and there always probably has been but excitement to have an accomplishment i guess you could say to hunting and harvesting something off of public land Uh, and i don't want to forget about private land just because you're hunting private land does not always make things easier better whatever um there's still reasons to be looking at private land uh we can get rid of a few of those those barriers that uh, we would have on we wouldn't have on public land like like having a lot of people around and uh, um, maybe we an uninterrupted hunt how many times have we had our hunts interrupted or 
uh, say, and I'm not thinking about necessarily elk hunting in this situation, but maybe we've called in another hunter or um, something like that. I, I think for getting private land, the fat of being a public land hunter is very extensive at the moment. Western hunting is the reason for that prevalence of this public land is just easier in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. It makes up a huge portion of each state. This trend is pushed really all over the country. And I think it's a fad that is not something that uh, we need to stick with. I think there's some really great opportunity to hunt some private land. We don't want to forget about it. Although it's tougher to gain access, don't neglect those hunting opportunities places like eastern colorado eastern montana uh north dakota western south dakota nebraska and kansas all those areas and states where the true western states i know montana is a true western state but um a, a lot like nebraska and south dakota there's a lot of western hunters western state residents that go for those additional seasons and opportunities in places like Nebraska and getting public access uh, is kind of hard sometimes and it could be almost as hard as getting some of that private access meaning that there's just not a lot of it and, and getting onto those places getting onto it's easy hunting it is just not always as successful so it's nice to have some private places that you can go and uh, kind of call your your own so it takes a little bit of work, but how much work do we put into scouting and e-scouting and looking over maps and planning? Why not add in a little extra work to get some private land access? So I wanted to share a couple of things with you as to uh, what I found in my quest for trying to gain some access to some private ground. So what are the reasons, what I've got going on is I have been traveling to Eastern South Dakota for 12 years, I've been married 10, to go visit my in-laws. And they live in an area just just off of the Iowa border, the western Iowa border and in South Dakota. And there's good deer in the area, really good deer. There's lots of good cover, lots of trees, lots of, there's some hills over there along the, the Big Sioux River. Um, it's, it's some good whitetail habitat. And I know this is a western podcast, but I, I think there's some different overlap and I've got an antelope example example later that's going to really kind of drive this home. So I want to hunt in that area. I haven't really, 12 years, I have not deer hunted that area. I can now get a tag for that area at resident prices because I'm a South Dakota resident again. I can get a cheaper tag. It doesn't take away from any of my tags elsewhere. And I can spend some time there. I, I oftentimes, while I'm at my in-laws, I'm the one that I need to go do something. I need to just, I need to get up off the couch. I need to move. So this is an opportunity for me to go do something. I'm not there very often. Maybe just a couple times during that season. Maybe once or twice during that season. So I'm trying to gain some public or private land access in that area. So I wanted to kind of document kind of what I've, what I've been doing to see if that's going to work or not, or what my success rate is. So I'll share that with you. 
So moving on, here's some of the reasons why I think we need to target some private land. It helps out our wildlife biologists to do their job. Managing wildlife socially is a big reason for uh, some of those extra landowner tags to help manage those those landowner complaints. Uh, why we why can't we camp, capitalize on some of those? Each state does it a little differently. You got landowner vouchers in Colorado, uh, and then in South Dakota here, it's fifty percent of the tags go to landowners. Uh, we we don't we can't take their landowner tags, but in, in other states y- you can you can utilize those and they can sell them they can do all that. Uh, that's one little option in there. But the reason why I say that that you can help the wildlife biologists do their job is that you've got big expansive areas where it is primarily private. How can you manage a deer herd there very well? if you just have landowners in that 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 area instead of the masses of public land hunters to be able to come in and to remove some deer when there's a lot of deer in an area that need to be removed sometimes it's nice to get the public in there to remove a bunch of deer to help that health herd so that's one one little side note i just lifted as the first one not being as the most important because i don't think any one of us it's our Number one priority to go hunt to help the wildlife biologists do our job. But I do remember everybody always says we hunt for uh, helping wildlife populations. That's one of the reasons why we got that. It's far down on my list, but it's there. Second reason is that private land uh, is where I spend a lot of my hunting seasons trying to get close to. So why not get on it? If there's some public land that borders some private land there that we like those little notches that dive into the the public all of those little places i always try and skirt those edges and have found really good hunting in those kind of places so that can provide that that private land can provide some excellent hunting uh because that's maybe where the deer or elk or antelope all are escaping to we don't need to actually necessarily go look at large ranches to get get uh, permission on uh, but we can look at some of those smaller chunks of ground third reason i got for you is one of the biggest complaints i hear from public land hunters is that there's hunters all over the place you want to escape the public public pumpkin patch we'll go look at some private that would be one good bonus to that uh, is just go have have your own solitude on a piece of ground so the success of getting on private is not very high, but it's a number game in my my mind. So I am not afraid of giving it a try. Uh, so here's a story from a couple years ago, a couple to four, somewhere in there. So I was elk hunting in September, and I was a l- probably three miles in, but I, fa- I was at my camp where I've got a little bit of cell service. I like to camp there because I can check in with family and, and whatever else. I didn't draw a antelope tag that year, and I was really kind of bummed about it. So, and this was in Colorado. Uh, I was able to, this is midday, able to kind of log in, and at the time, you would get the reissue tags in Colorado. So, when somebody turned in a tag, you would get, they would get put on the reissue list, and so you could go check that every so often, and and tags would pop up there that are just unbelievable uh, if you've been listening way back then i kind of alluded to some of this but i didn't say how i did it well there was a company out there that would send you texts for 
when there was a new tag put on the reissue list and I would get those those texts boom run over there to a computer and type it in trying to try to get that tag and that's how I drew a really cool deer tag out in the prairie that I finally had to drop my four points on this year that system really doesn't exist anymore it's not, it's the way they reissue those tags it's not a thing so that's not not a not a thing you can jump on but it was kind of cool and i liked it and i used that technology of getting a text to be able to uh, draw or pull a pull a cool tag so i was waiting for an antelope tag i thought no, there's got to be something i could do i really want to go antelope hunting and I waited and had these little notifications. I'd look at it like, mm, I don't know. So one popped up while I was elk hunting. I was like, ooh, what's that unit? Go to Onyx quick. Looked out to see how much public, private, where's it at? Uh, I knew an area that I kind of wanted. Ah, screw it. I'm going to buy it. So I clicked on in there real quick, downloaded or I logged in, bought the tag. I was like, okay. Text my wife and said, hey, how do you feel about going to... Lyman, Colorado. We're going hunting. Okay, guess we're gonna go spend some time in Lyman. Uh, not a lot of public around there at all, and public land hunting was not something that was even gonna be on the list to make work. So, what happened was showed up, had the camper, had everything all set up in a campground, and I went out hunting that morning. Drove around for the the morning spotting antelope everywhere seeing lots of hunters seeing uh but there was antelope everywhere and the whole issue is trying to find a place to hunt access knocking on someone's door at seven o'clock in the morning on a i don't even know what day maybe it was a, that had to have been a saturday uh was probably not ideal so i found some found some antelope and just kept looking on my phone trying to find landowners and it wasn't being very successful so I had a ga I had a game plan I would look up those those names and I would just start to call and how I got their number was just by typing into Google their full name with their middle initial and then with the area that I knew they were at or if I had their address their tax address from Onyx that really helped uh, but some times people were not anywhere around there so you have to do a little bit of investigative work and if you can figure that out you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna do well with this so I actually saw a pretty good antelope and some hunters trying to hunt that private nearby they must or they were hunting that private nearby they had uh, they had some access there but there was a little chunk with with uh, two little herds of antelope on it and everybody was just kind of driving by because no one had permission so I started looking it up the address was out of Illinois like okay how can I find these people I start calling around and first time first thing I get is I get the lady that said well that's my sons they manage that he's blah 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 okay um, she hands me off the phone she, or she she gets me the number of the son I call him and so on he said well we normally have some hunters out there but let me check I get a call back and said you know what go for it yeah you can you can hunt that they were in Illinois and I was able to gain some permission on that piece of ground well, I was pretty jacked. Even saw the game warden on that road. Said, "Hey, just so you know, I get." I let him know I got some permission on this piece, so I'm 
I know you probably know the landowners in the area who has permission, who doesn't. And so I got that, that it just was, he was there, saw him in passing, waved at him. Uh, and so I was able to, to pull off right there. It was super flat except for a little, little dam of little dried up little stock dam, parked the truck behind that. And then I started crawling and crawling and crawling and, and got up to that stock dam made my way around it and found the slightest little depression there had an antelope out there at 600 yards or so and i just kept crawling and crawling and crawling group antelope took off kind of not because of seeing me but they were just being antelope running around during the rut took off down one one uh fence line and so i just chilled out waited for them uh too far away for a shot and off they went off towards some other hunters and uh, getting a little nervous about uh, uh, where they were at and if they saw me and everything. But uh, this really good antelope was out there now probably 500 yards, kept crawling, crawling. I got to about 400 yards. Okay, I looked around for the other hunters. I couldn't see any of them. So I took my decoy out, flashed it to that buck because I watched this this current buck run another that other buck off a littler one so i put that decoy up and it's like okay a truck was coming so i put it down it's just for safety reasons i I didn't want to be hunting with a with a decoy during a rifle season uh but i was because it's a an effective tool just got to be careful with it so then i put the decoy back up after that vehicle drove off and then the sandhole started coming to my amazement he was coming and coming hard he ran all the way up to 80 yards, stopped, shot him, down he went. Had a really great antelope. It was probably a 13-incher, uh, but the one horn lays down to the side, really cool-like. And uh, just a just a cool hunt how that worked. And spent a lot of time crawling on my hands and knees. And that was on private land. Called that landowner back and, and said, I really appreciate you letting me on. Filled my tag. And uh, I'm off, off the property. So... Thank you very much, and 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 so on. So I kind of chatted with him for a minute, and that hunt lasted. Oh, I let one out there right away in the morning, and I was done by ten. So that that was our our quick weekend alignment, and there wasn't anything big in the area. But I was told that thirteen inch is probably about the average due to the age class of of the antelope in the area, uh, and and some previous years of some die-off so that was that was a pretty cool opportunity hunted on private land but i hunted them just as if i were on on public and it was like public land hunting it wasn't anything different it wasn't any easier i worked my butt off to get into range of that antelope and they acted just as if they would on public okay so here's a couple of strategies to make this happen Ways that I get access to private, and I do not hunt a lot of private. I don't want to make that clear. I get a little bit of access here and there, uh, not a ton. But the first is networking. Hunting never leaves my mind for very long, nor does it in conversation. I might kind of be the not very good at making friends in a group of non-hunters just because I don't know what to talk about. However, even in those situations, hunting opportunities have come up. They have uh just because they know I'm a hunter. So sometimes they ask questions and, and so on. And there can be those opportunities that they, they, 
I know they've owned just a little piece of property that they hay and that the elk come through there occasionally uh, and would possibly be a good, in my mind, instantly is like, okay, there's a, there's a opportunity on a little piece that I may be able to get a cow tag or something like that in the future. Uh, and that worked out. I actually did that once, uh, but I spent more time dinking around with my buddy instead of uh, really hunting that cow that season. But in these circumstances where I'm networking with somebody and if it's, they're just an acquaintance or a friend through work or something like that, you got to play the long game. Keep the long game in mind and slow play it. Kind of plant the seed a little bit just because somebody has property, don't dive right in uh, because you have to see them, know them, work with them occasionally uh, or they're friends of friends and you don't want it to be awkward. You got to just kind of slow play it. Don't feel you don't want to put that uh, um, neediness or, or uh, greediness into their mind that, oh, you just want to get on like everyone else. Uh, but just kind of, oh, that's cool. You got some property. And I always like to hear about, like, oh, you get some elk through there. Oh, that's that's pretty neat. Awesome. And uh, down the road, just make a mental note that, oh, that could be a place that I might ask for later. And that could turn into something pretty good. Also, other ways to get on in places like that would be if they complained about raccoons, you come do a little bit of that work for them, or that is an opportunity to do some do something for them in exchange for getting some access to hunt. The second method that I've tried and have been successful on is sending letters. This is kind of an unconventional way. It can catch people sometimes off guard in I think almost a positive way and sometimes in even a negative way, uh, but it has worked. And why I say po- negative is that I think some people just want you to knock on the door. Others, uh, they kind of see it's like, oh, okay, I get to read this whole thing. I, they don't have to come to my door. Um, I, I appreciated it. So that can be an option. The contents of the letter needs to be straight to the point. I, I hit the Hey, my name is this, uh, and I'm doing this right now with where I'm going to my in-laws. So here is what I have written to these landowners. My name is Clint Whitley. I live just outside of Rap City, but visit my in-laws and so-and-so. Uh, I've been making this trip for about 10 years and haven't uh, tried to connect with any landowners to find a place to archery hunt for deer. Okay, so I'm already right out the gate. They know what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm reaching out to you to see if you would allow me to archery hunt your property south of so-and-so. I'm not in the area often and would only hunt one to three times a year while visiting family. This year for sure would only be during Christmas, and if I'm lucky, one one more time before that. Uh, I wanted to come knock on your door, but I find myself in the area only during holiday weekends and would hate to bug you over one of those family times. So there's my little excuse for not knocking on the doors, trying to, and it really has been not appropriate times. Uh, so that's kind of maybe, maybe a way that they're like, Oh, why don't they just knock on the door? Well, here's why, because I didn't want to bug them during those times. I'm not in the area or there's a landowner that is an hour away and I just can't get to him. So, and then I tell them a little bit about myself. Um, I'm 35, married, have so-and-so, let them have some kind of sort of personal connection. And and then also, here's what I do for a living. You can trust me because I have 
a job, um, and so on. So just a little short paragraph about that. And then lastly, coming back to it, I currently do not have any landowner connections in the area. I'm looking for just one is what I tell them. And I really am. Uh, and then offer also, if you have any raccoon or skunk issues, I would be happy to take care of or assist with you, assist any of that in the summer. Uh, if giving me permission to archery hunt for just a couple of times a year, uh, I would love to talk more options with you and thanks so much. I give my phone number, address, email address, and then I threw a picture up of me holding my two cute kids. Uh, that can help. If you are a female, this could be a good option. Uh, gives you, you know, put a picture of yourself there. People love giving women or kids access to hunting. So that, uh, um, can be a benefit. We'll see how this works. I personally have not gotten permission doing this, but I have helped others do this. Uh, and I've never really sent this out, but I'm thinking this is a numbers game. I've got a long list. I would drove around the area, just drop waypoints and waypoints and waypoints. And now the issue is getting their addresses and Onyx in that area does not show a lot of addresses. So I had to do some Googling and by entering in enough into Google, I could connect it through some random databases to get the, the address, the tax address where these people live. There's a lot of creepy information out there of info about you and, and yourself. So, uh, it's there to go find just got to plug the right thing into Google and get that information. The third method is just a good old knocking on doors. Spend some time e-scouting and internet research to find these people. Sometimes you don't always know where the home place is, especially in farmland because they've got property here, property there, and their house is actually in town or uh, over here. Or the, the bigger deal is that it's it's in a trust, and those trusts, those are hard. I don't, I don't know anyone's got some advanced advice on that one and how to navigate finding the landowner to a property that is set in a trust because oftentimes you look up that name and the person isn't living anymore so that can be a problem uh and you can at least don't assume everybody's alive when you if you end up do getting a phone number and calling so that can be a uh a big turnoff right off right out the gate so but i spent some time east getting driving around also and dropping waypoints if you're concerned about knocking on the door of your safety or anything like that, one thing you can do is call the local game warden in that area and ask them about that person and say, hey, do you know anything about them? Thinking about knocking on their door. And they may say, well, they run pay-to-play pay hunts. Or that kind of is the local jerk. Good luck. And it's like, well, they might or they don't know anything about them. So that it's a way to maybe check some off the list because it takes some time to knock on those doors and it can be a time suck to, to knock on two doors to get two no's. The last one is to do what I did with that antelope hunt. Drive around during the season. Uh, you just need to be careful in the timing of that. I don't think I called anyone till it was nine o'clock when I was started to hunt that private, but it was 10 o'clock central time where those people were. So I felt better about calling them at that time. It was a Saturday. Uh, you do need to be careful on your Sundays and holiday weekends. If, if it's Thanksgiving, you really need to be careful with that. So, uh, it works. Antelope is one of those. that's a little bit better because it's hard sometimes to gain permission 
preseason. It's not like deer where they're going to stick around one little area and they've got uh, a draw. There's some good cover there. Antelope sometimes during that rut are they're here, then they're there, and it's I've never been able to 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 nail down a small hundred to a hundred acre piece or 400 acre piece a small little piece and then plan to hunt it just because uh there may or may not be antelope on there and you don't even want to hunt it so it's i haven't found the the value in trying to find that permission ahead of time for antelope hunting however if you did have something a little bit bigger a thousand acres yeah that'd be 500 acres maybe uh, that would be worth it to, and the landowner says, yeah, there's antelope here all the time. Uh, antelope for me is always a, it's an, also a numbers game of being able to look over, uh, a number of animals. So here's a couple of places then of where to lurk. Look, I think not huge parcels. That's one, one thing that I want to encourage people to do is not look at large pieces. Uh, also where areas where private land is, is pretty expansive, um, where there's a lot of public with few small private pieces in between, those might be some of those amazing ranches that, uh, the animals go to. So good luck with that. But I kind of think some of those big chunks of private where they typically don't get the public land hunter to come through there. And for instance, my, uh, deer hunt this December in Eastern Colorado, that is a private, pretty much all private land, but I'm going to hunt some public. I'm not taking it off the table to, to look at some, some, uh, some private. If we, if I need to, then I would gladly do what I did before. However, it's one of those species that makes it very difficult to, to get permission on, um, it's an area where there's a lot of big mule deer bucks and people don't want to give permission too often for, for mule deer. And I, I heard that straight from the game warden. So we'll see if I, I make that an attempt at all. So that's my game plan. I've got a, uh, uh I'm going to spend a small amount of time in that area at my in-laws and I'm going to, uh, try and gain some permission. So far, what I've done is dropped a lot of waypoints as I'm sitting there on the couch and they're watching football. Uh, I don't like watching football, so I am scouting. Dropped a lot of points. This last couple of weeks ago, we were there. I went and drove around and dropped some waypoints. I wrote up my letter. Next step is to continue to find some email or mailing addresses and start printing those off. I think it would be a little bit better if that was handwritten, but again, that's a time time thing, uh, which I guess I, I would rather just pump out a bunch of letters than, than send out two uh, because I think I'm going to be, my guess is 10% or lower chance on uh, gaining permission. So one out of, if I get one out of 10, I'm going to be pretty happy. Uh, we'll see. There's a, uh, uh, I, I really don't know what to expect. So I'm just going to start printing those off and see if I can't gain some permission. So everyone, I would suggest uh, taking a look at some private. You don't always have to hunt public for multiple reasons, like I said before. So good luck to you, and I'm sure you can do it. To the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God's country.